0: I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors, and we're talking Ram Trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. They have a lot to offer.
1: Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so.
0: Ram trucks are so versatile, you can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in. Where wherever they go.
1: Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience.
0: Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck.
1: Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new. TRX which has a lot of horsepower.
0: How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit
1: either of our two showrooms Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27 or you can visit us on the web at Chilson.com. Remember let our family take care of your family.
2: It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report Podcast with Jill Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold.
3: To kick off your Monday morning, good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith along with
0: Jill Welkie.
3: You know, Jill, I'm having problems with this piece today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well it is monday you know sometimes it's hard to make those arms move the way you want them to Ah,
3: i know i think we should do like some exercises like you know jumping jacks or something
0: Uh, i won't jump jacks with you sorry (laughs) right away she graduates
3: from college over the weekend and doesn't want to do exercising with me
0: (laughs) i think maybe just stretching would be better for me at this point (laughs) in my life
3: well we can do that too i mean i think we can even do that (laughs) while we're talking on the air you know lunging lunging would be a little tricky
0: yeah, it would be a little tricky.
3: I'm not doing squats. Where <laughs> you sit up against a wall and like bear down and no way.
0: Nope. Mm-mm. I'm out.
3: I'm out too. So you graduated from college. What else did you do this weekend?
0: I uh, went to my grandson's birthday party. His first, Very nice. First birthday party. So. Oh, that's
3: always special. Did you get him a smash cake?
0: <laughs> no, I did not. What Actually, kind of grandma are you? I'm a good grandma.
3: <laughs> and you know you don't like to see the kid- your children have to do all that laundry.
0: Actually, he had a piece of chocolate cake, and he was totally enthralled with it. He ate most of it. and You know, when they have the big cake, and then the kid has trouble getting into it, that isn't always so fun to see, because there's some frustration. But he just had a piece of chocolate cake, and he took it to the wall. Oh, very (laughs)
3: nice. Yeah, we went fishing for the opener. Oh, good for you. Yep. Uh, My daughter caught a fish, a nice little rainbow trout. My son didn't get very lucky, so we have to go again.
0: Well, that's the way it is, though. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're not fishing, then you're just relaxing.
3: Yeah, I told him they call it fishing for a reason. Because if you catch something, they call it catching every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but overall, it was a great weekend. A lot of stuff going on in the news, including coronation of Britain's King, king. Charles. Yeah, King Charles. Is it the third? I'm not really sure. I don't know. It's Charles. That's how we know him. All <laughs> well, right, because we haven't been around
0: for the one and the two.
3: Yeah. If he is the third. If he is the third. I'm not sure. So. So, yeah, a lot of stuff coming up this morning. We'll give you an update on what's all going on in the news, weather, and markets. That's all coming up right here on Wax.
4: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: Well, if you're just getting up this morning and getting outside... not too bad out there. We're at 55 degrees right now in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area. However, we are getting a chance of rain showers coming in today. It's going to be a little cloudier, not as warm as yesterday, high of only 67 degrees. But I think we will handle it. But you know what they say, when the rain is going to be coming in, Jill, you will not believe how many deer I saw this morning.
0: I, I played tag with one. It was standing in the middle of the road. With one? Well, with one that was in the middle of the road.
3: I counted 20 this morning. Wow,
0: well, they really are moving around They're moving,
3: lately. yep. And you got to be on the lookout for fawns because they're going to be coming up n- here pretty soon, too.
0: Yep, they're out and about.
3: Yep. I haven't seen one yet. How about you? I've seen them
0: across the valley.
3: Okay. Across the valley. So, get out there, be aware, have a great day. 55 degrees to kick it off for you. It's time this morning to check in with some national news.
5: NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Authorities in Texas are identifying the dead gunman in Saturday's mass shooting as a 33-year-old Hispanic male. According to two senior law enforcement officers, the shooter was armed with a rifle and a handgun and was wearing a tactical vest. The suspect reportedly lived with his parents in northeast Dallas, but was also staying at an extended stay motel in Dallas. Eight people were killed and seven others wounded in the weekend shooting at Allen Premium Outlets, about 25 to 30 miles north of Dallas. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is calling on Congress to do its job so the White House won't have to consider emergency options to avoid default.
6: If they fail to do it, we will have an economic and
5: financial catastrophe that will be of our own making. Speaking on ABC's This Week, Yellen said it's the responsibility of Congress to raise the debt ceiling. She called the 14th Amendment a constitutional crisis, referring to the amendment that would allow President Biden to continue issuing debt without raising the limit on borrowing. President Biden's approval rating has fallen to a career-low 36%. That's according to the latest ABC News-Washington Post poll, which reflects a 6 percentage point drop from February. It also shows that roughly a third of Americans don't think the 80-year-old has the physical health to serve effectively. The governor of North Carolina says a Republican-backed 12-week abortion ban is an effort to ban abortion completely. They rammed through a bill in 48 hours that drastically reduces access to reproductive freedom for women speaking on cbs face the nation democrat roy cooper said the gop bill creates numerous obstacles not only for women but also for clinics and doctors and nearly 1700 people have been evacuated from russian-controlled areas of ukraine near the zaporizhia nuclear plant an official with united nations said saturday that the area is potentially dangerous ahead of an expected ukrainian counteroffensive. you're listening to the latest from nbc news radio
4: agriculture it's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: Well, we are at five minutes after five o'clock, and something that Jill and I both noticed this last week is there's equipment in the fields. The tractors are out there. The discs are going. People are spreading stuff on their fields already, including manure. It's going to be a busy week, I think, once with this rain passes today. We're looking at a nice, warm week.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to actually see that because the farmers out there are really need to, you know, we have one chance to get those seeds in the ground. Yep. And we all need to remember that they all have families, too, and take your time and give them space.
3: Well, and that means that we need to keep a few things in mind. One, it's illegal to pass slow-moving equipment. That includes your tractors with equipment or trucks hauling equipment in a no-passing zone. You can't do it you can but if you get caught you're getting a fine
0: right just take your time and you also need to remember that not all equipment has blinkers and brake lights yeah you know the older stuff doesn't have that so take take your time be aware yep
3: plan ahead be safe than sorry you know two minutes that's all it takes
0: yep and uh you know really they have one chance and they're feeding you
3: yeah no kidding so yeah who doesn't like ice cream and cheese curds and milk and milk duds maybe <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> a dairy product too. <laughs> i like milk duds i'm throwing it in there you do, right.
0: do whatever you have to do right? oh
3: i'm going to well let's take a look at the weather that'll be coming up next
4: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: Well, if you didn't get the lawnmower out this weekend, well, it's going to rain again today. They're calling for a 60% chance of rain, showers, and clouds today. High of 67 degrees. Tonight, though, is going to be mostly cloudy. A low of 47. So if you already bought some flowers at the greenhouses, they should be okay. But keep them up closer to the house yet. Tomorrow is gonna be mostly sunny and seventy-four. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy and fifty-three. Wednesday is gonna be the best day of the week, I think. Mostly sunny and seventy-eight degrees, Wednesday night, partly cloudy, low of fifty-four. Temperatures around the area right now, Medford's up at fifty degrees, down in lacrosse they're at sixty, over in Marshfield they're at fifty degrees, Green Bay's at forty-eight, Rice Lake fifty-five, Wasaw forty-eight, Madison fifty-three, Milwaukee forty-seven, And right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area, we're at 55 degrees. Doesn't actually feel too bad out there, so I'm enjoying it. But there is some rain coming in. We'll be checking in a little bit later on with our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike Dandrea. He'll be filling us in on what's coming up. But first, we've got to get to markets. And this morning's markets will be brought to you by...
4: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. (laughs)
3: Jill, before we get to the markets, I got to tell you, I went to move the mic and something fell from it and I had this moment of panic. I grew up on a dairy farm. I am terrified of spiders and it landed. It looked like one. It was just fuzz though. Ugh. Oh, but you know how your heart actually like <laughs> stops for a second? Like, oh, it's right there.
0: It was fuzz. Okay. I thought maybe the microphone fell off again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that has happened a couple times. Once or twice. Once or twice. Well, Well, let's get to those morning markets again brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance, and Jill, lead us off for the morning.
0: Cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 168 to 184, with mixed at 112 to 167. Choice fed beef heifers are 169 to 179, with mixed at 119 to 169. Choice fed Holstein steers are 140 to 148, with select and silage fed steers, 87 to 139. Cows are 80 to 94, with a top of 120. Bulls are 84 to 111. Butcher hogs are 37 to 66 with sows 20 and down with no quote from the boars. Onshore market lambs are 140 to 162. Feeder lambs are $1 to 220. Ewes are 42 to 140. Small goats are 35 to 180. Medium goats are 85 to 295. Large goats are 95 to 385 with nanny goats at 45 to 285.
3: Thank you, Jill. And switching over to the mercantile exchange, we've got live cattle for June at 161.92, up 35 cents. August is at 159.50, up 7. October is at one sixty three fifty seven down twenty seven. Feeder cattle for maize at two o two fifty two down a dollar twelve. August is at two twenty one forty two down a dollar seventy two. September's at two twenty five o five down a dollar sixty two. Lean hogs for maize at seventy five fifty two down a dollar fifty five. June is at eighty three seventy seven down three thirty seven. July is at eighty five forty two down two eighty two. Switching over to the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your July corn. That was up two cents on the overnight at $5.98. July oats up seven at $3.36. July beans up six cents at fourteen forty-three. July soybean meal up $1.10 at $4.27.20 a ton. July wheat up a nickel at $6.65. We've got on the dairy side barrel cheese down one and three quarter cent to a dollar fifty-three. Blocks down five and a quarter cent to a dollar and a quarter. Double-A-grade butter was up a quarter cent to $2.44 and a half Class three futures for May took a hit, down eleven at sixteen fifty seven. June down seven at sixteen ninety nine. July was at seventeen seventy six. That was down a penny. August down a penny at eighteen fifty two. September down a penny at nineteen fifteen. And then those markets were holding mostly steady into twenty twenty four. That's a look at your morning markets here on WAC. Fifteen minutes after five o'clock, Monday morning, and Jill kick us off. Governor Tony Evers made an announcement last week.
0: He did. He appointed four people to the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection Board, effective May 1st. So they're already on the board. Two of the appointments are current members of the board, and two are new appointees. The two from our area are Paul Bauer from Ellsworth. He's been the CEO of Ellsworth Cooperative Creamery in Ellsworth since 2008 and he's been reappointed for another six-year term. The second appointee is Cindy Brown from Menominee. She's the president of Chippewa Valley Bean, and she's been appointed to fill a vacancy.
3: Very good. Cap is also accepting nominations for two seats on the Wisconsin Cranberry Board. The Wisconsin Cranberry Board has seven from seven producers from across the state, and the board oversees the collection and use of approximately $500,000 in assessment fees paid by Wisconsin Cranberry Growers. Producers that grow and sell cranberries in Wisconsin are eligible to nominate themselves or other producers. DATCAP will be conducting the Wisconsin Cranberry Board election from July 10th through August 15th. Elected growers will serve three-year terms beginning September 1st. Some interesting news. And Jill, what's coming up next Sunday? Something important on Sunday.
0: <laughs> Mother's Day.
3: Yay! Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Early. Early. <laughs>
0: It's less than a week away and that means you still have time to get your mother something special. Greenhouses all over the area are open and ready to make your mother's day extra special.
3: So get out there and pick out those beautiful baskets and flowers.
0: Yep, it's time.
3: Do you get baskets every year? I already have one. Just one? You got four kids. You should have four baskets.
0: I know, but I've got one that's on the spot and she already brought me a basket. Okay. The other three, I don't know. We'll see.
3: (laughs) We'll see. Well, but that's true, though. We've got some rain coming in today, but otherwise the rest of the week is looking pretty nice. So get out to those greenhouses and see what you can find. Mom, because what mother doesn't like flowers? Well, I'm sure there's a few, but...
0: Well, and you have a nice collection going up around your house, so... Yeah. Probably should see those in person maybe sometime. Yes, you're
3: going to have to stop by. (laughs) Okie dokie. Well, we're going to be hearing here in just a little bit uh, from Cody Heller on Community Solar, something that's up and coming Solar energy. So we're going to be hearing more about that coming up right here on Wax 18 minutes after 5 o'clock.
4: For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
6: Community solar, it's not a product. It is an idea, and it's one that's trying to get a little bit more traction in the state of Wisconsin. Cody Heller is one of the landowners that's investigating what community solar could mean to Wisconsin and to Wisconsin agriculture. Now, let's preface this, Cody, by explaining to people that you are actively involved in production agriculture. Uh, You've got cows, you've got land. Tell me how you got involved with community solar in the beginning.
7: In the beginning, I got involved with community solar looking for an application to, you know, neutralize the farm's energy cost, neutralize the farm's environmental footprint or impact That was a good entry step. And secondarily, trying to find a way to make my lesser productive, lower productivity land more productive and create two positives from one application.
6: Now, there is a reason why this has to be a separate conversation. For a lot of people in Wisconsin, the first thing they're going to say is, oh, wait a minute, not in my backyard. They don't want to see, you know, hundreds of acres of solar panels in their backyard. They question the long-term viability of the projects. What are we doing, giving up good, productive farmland? That's really what drew you into the conversation. A lot of money out there right now, Cody, looking at solar on Wisconsin farmland. Explain where... The hitch is, on some of that lesser ground, being accepted into
7: solar projects. So right now, community solar projects are that 25 acres or less size of project of solar panels. And in order to get solar onto the grid in Wisconsin or in the Midwest, uh, the the solar developers have to get permission from the, the greater scope of the greater control over the grid. And right now what the idea with community solar is, is to get an exemption from that governmental control so they can put grid power in from these small solar sites, unlike the larger solar sites that kind of the larger companies that kind of control the power bank in the upper Midwest. And community solar, what the idea is to take these smaller uh, less productive areas of land that are not so prominent and not gonna cause that visual negative aesthetic or the land that is steep or HEL land from a cropping standpoint or stuff that shouldn't have manure on it and stuff like that. We can try to make that, that land profitable for the farmer and try to make that land more usable in order to help the environmental uh, footprint or impact.
6: What's this uh, message, how has it been received down at the state capitol, where ideally right now they are trying to work through a possible fix on uh, allowing those smaller projects in the grid? Are they understanding? Uh, is it something that's finding favor?
7: Yeah, it's, it's been an education situation. Because there's been a lot of negative stigma towards those larger solar projects that we've had, um, getting, getting the idea wrapped around of more micro-solar micro impact I think it's definitely gained some traction in the last couple months as we go into the new term here and we're into the new term. There's definitely some traction with some representatives at the statehouse, both um, in southern Wisconsin and up in western Wisconsin where I'm located, to try to get something through that is the best for the farmer because we don't want to take any more land out of agricultural production. Uh, That doesn't make sense to us. But how do we maximize the efficiency of some of these acres that are not producing corn or putting too much inputs in and too much cost? It's starting to get some serious traction behind it because when we can help the farmers and when representatives can help the farmers and create a positive environmental impact, that's a positive win-win for everybody.
6: What are your fellow landowners saying, Cody, about uh, this option? I mean, like I said, most of the folks that I've visited with are Happy if they're on a location that's near the grid for some
7: of these projects. What are, you,
6: what are you hearing from landowners on this new option?
7: Yeah, there's a lot of landowners in the western part of the state of Wisconsin that have access to open grid space, per se. And a lot of these owners are all comfortable with the concept as long as the panels aren't you know out in the ice or are on less productive land. Uh, we're still going to get a lot of uh, pushback and feedback, I think, from the general population, to be honest, if they're gigantic sites and they're right on the roads and they're blocking views, but there are areas all over and all of us farmers have them and all the community members have them, the landholders have them that are actually conducive that you could put smaller solar projects on that are not going to carry the negative stigma negative or have the negative impacts that some of those larger sites have.
6: Now, we know that there's financial incentives out there that exist right now to try to make these projects move forward and move forward at a pretty good clip. When you start penciling things out, Cody, do you see financial viability in these community solar projects in the, in the I guess we'd have to say, the strategy that's being put in on farm fields now? Do you see it penciling out not just five years down the road, but 15, 25 years down the road?
7: Yeah, so a lot of these projects are inflation-proof, where they have multipliers in the contractual agreements for farmers to, to increase with inflation. So there's that every-five-year inflation check. That's one way to, to mitigate some of that risk for the long-term impact. Um, the other application is, right now, the, the you're right, there's a lot of money behind it, and on the lesser productive land, you can the farmer can get two times to three times the amount of, of income, not revenue, but net profit off of having solar over putting the crop inputs in. And another impact that we haven't talked about yet is working with the solar developers to to place the panels in a spacing application that's still wide enough that we as the producer, the farmer can still pull some grass bales off uh, for our cattle, to get some impact off of, you know, the space around the solar panels because it is grass, and it does need to be maintained.
6: Now, we mentioned that this is an option for some of that less productive farmland. There's also going to be plenty of folks out there that may own recreational land, uh, hunting ground, that type of thing, Cody. Are they going to be, I guess, invited into this conversation for community solar?
7: Yes, it's a great question, because everybody will be able to be invited in as long as as the bills work through through the state house, as long as the land meets that smaller size capacity, and as long as it's it's not it's zoned either agricultural or forestry or recreation land, uh, there'll be certain zoning impacts that are required in order to qualify for it, and that'll cover and encompass a lot of different things. You know, we no one wants to take out you know you know building land for solar or or really productive land or, or high value land for solar in this application, this particular type of bucket, so. Uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a lot of people just besides agricultural producers to have a community solar project on their properties or on their lands.
6: Cody Heller's along with us. He is uh, by the Alma Center area. He's a dairy producer himself and one of the voices that's uh, trying to communicate with those at the statehouse about community solar as an idea to mitigate some of the visual blight people have complained about with these large solar projects that are popping up across the state, primarily on uh, pretty good-sized farmland that could be in full production. Now, Cody, give us a little sense of timing on the movement of this community solar Uh, project as a whole, and how people might be able to stay engaged in the process.
7: Yeah, so legislation, if legislation gets passed that allows for this this easier entry of community solar projects into the grid system, these projects will be up and running in less than two years. That's the timeline on it, and it's a very quick turnaround. Uh, Like, our project, for example, could be up and running within the confines of a 12-month period after legislation was passed and these projects were let onto the grid. Um, So, from a community standpoint and from a, from a producer and pushing the statehouse standpoint, this is a really big positive from an environmental sustainability standpoint for multiple industries, from forestry to agriculture to recreation in Wisconsin, to be able to have access to the grid, to be able to, help, be able to produce some solar energy and and yet do that. In a situation where you we were promoting this great environmental uh, sustainability and output for Wisconsin, how
6: many how many projects of this smaller nature, Cody, do you think are currently pressing pause, waiting for the changes at the state house?
7: There's well over 100 projects, um, minimum. Just with, with one or two groups, there's well over 100 projects. And, and this community solar concept has been in Wisconsin with multiple developers, um, somewhat of Milwaukee and, and somewhat of Racine area and in southeastern Wisconsin. These developers have come up and in looking to do the, a lot of this application in, in building up in northern, northern Wisconsin, western Wisconsin, where there is a lot of land applicability and land uh, availability to do some of this. So there's multiple, multiple projects. We could have a great, Big environmental impact and a net positive here in Wisconsin. If we can come to some agreement and work on the the best fit for every party involved,
3: and that is again Cody Heller talking about community solar. Some interesting stuff. We'll have that interview up on our podcast. And Jill, whereabouts is that podcast? How do people find it to learn more about it and to hear it again?
0: Go to the WAX website and click on Midwest Farm Report and scroll down a little bit and you'll find
3: podcasts. Excellent. Thank you so much. And we'll have that uploaded around the 7 o'clock hour. Right now, we're almost at 5.30. We'll have Rocky Olson joining us next.
4: He's coming in soon. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: that time in the morning to check in with Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock and with you. Good morning, Rocky.
8: Good morning.
3: So, did you have a nice weekend?
8: I did. I did. It was nice to have a nice warm day yesterday for sure and hopefully more to come.
3: Oh yes, I'm excited. I want 70, 80 degree days. I'm ready for it. Yep. All Here right. We well, it's a busy week for you. Catch us up. What's going on at Premier Livestock?
8: Uh, Thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This is our last week's Market Shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We sold 3,350 head last week. Fed cattle traded steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 138 to 150. Select and low choice, 125 to 137. Choice beef steers and heifers up to 166. Market cows steady. High yielding cows from eighty eight to a dollar eight, many from seventy five to eighty seven. Market bulls high yielding from ninety seven to a dollar twelve. Newborn Holstein bull calves continue strong, mostly from one hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars per head. Your beef calves mostly one seventy five to five fifty. Uh, this week we'll have our uh, regular feeder cattle auction on Tuesday, and then Wednesday's dairy cattle auction uh, will be uh, at eleven o'clock a.m. Wednesday's hay sale will be at nine thirty. Uh, we have a Hundred cow holstein herd, Parlor Freestall, gonna have an eighty three pound tank average. They're coming from Boonster Dairy. We also have a small Jersey herd plus lots more selling market cattle and newborn calves Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday every week, four days a week. Don't forget, large uh, farm machinery auction uh, will be coming in June 16th. We had lots of equipment come in last week. Uh, Make sure you take a look through the lot. Drive through, guys. Uh, The lot is filling up fast. Uh, If you do have equipment to consign, make sure to get it in before we do fill up. Questions? Call us at uh, Premier uh, 715-229-2500. All the details on our website at Livestock and that's the way it shaped up, Kristen.
3: Sounds good, Rocky. You have a great day, and we'll catch you probably tomorrow with Bob.
8: All right, you too. Thank you.
3: There he goes, Rocky Olson at Premier Livestock and Withy. And we've got weather coming in. He'll be coming in in a little bit. That's coming up next.
4: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey.
3: It's time to check in with our weather this morning. Mike D'Andrea joins us now. Good morning, Mike.
4: Good morning,
9: Kristen.
3: So, it was a pretty good day yesterday. I'm not complaining. Yesterday was good.
9: It was. It it got a little muggy, it seemed, even. I'm okay
3: uh, with that. It was better than the cold.
9: Yeah, I, I agree with that for this time of year, of course, but when... You know, it's uh, July and you have those dew points that are near 70 and temperatures in the mid-80s. That's where I'll start to complain. But, oh, that's
3: when you're going to complain. You're a meteorologist. You're supposed to be loving that.
9: Well, I I love seasons in their own time, but there's a certain threshold where it's like, okay, you have July when you get the, the mid-summer heat, so to speak, and the humidity. It's You know, this is going to sound stereotypical Midwestern, but it's not the heat. It's the humidity. <laughs> and uh, So that's when I start to get a little tired of summer and I'm ready for fall. Then when winter rolls around, I love fall in, in its time completely, uh, but then winter, when it's right around like February, late February, March, when, as we know, it continues to snow well beyond that. But that's when I'm like, all right, I'm over this. I'm ready for spring. And then spring, I love until I get my allergies, and that's when I'm ready for summer.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> I think your worst time of the year... Is in that February to March, because that's when everyone doesn't like you, because they're like, quit bringing snow. And you're like, I'm just telling you what's happening. It's not my fault.
9: I'm just the messenger. You're
3: just the messenger. (laughs) And then in July and sometimes in June when those nasty storms start coming through.
9: That is true, too. Yeah,
3: that's when you're really busy.
9: Yes, that is very true. Now, I'm not going to be as busy this week, because while we do have chances at some showers and a mainly cloudy sky for today, temperatures climb mostly to the mid 60s. Later on tonight, those clouds will start to break up, though lows dipping mostly to the upper 40s. Then we tap into more sunshine going into tomorrow, into Wednesday. Highs tomorrow, low 70s. Wednesday, upper 70s. Thursday, potentially hitting 80, partly sunny. And Friday, we'll have another sunny start to the day. But then we have a few chances at some showers that will roll in later on into the evening on Friday. And some of those chances at showers last us through the weekend. Still rather mild on Saturday, warming up to the low to mid 70s. Sunday, upper 60s, which we'll call it a cool down, but that's still kind of where we should be for this time of year. And like you had mentioned, Kristen, it's a little better than cold. But right now, we do have some clouds hanging around with a temperature of 54 degrees in Eau Claire. A little mild this morning.
3: Hey, I'll take 54. That means it's going to get warmer.
9: I agree with that.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, Mike, thanks so much for the update. And we will catch you again later on.
9: You bet. Have a good one.
3: You too. There he goes, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike DeAndrea this morning. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new ramps at chilsonmotors.com. And that's weather on WEX 104.5.
9: Wisconsin Farmers Union, united to grow family agriculture.
4: Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: And Morgan McCarthy is joining us now. Good morning, Morgan, and catch us up on what's going on in the news today.
10: Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today coming out of our weekend and plugging into a new week with Heavy Hearts questions after a St. Croix County deputy was shot and killed while making a drunk driving stop Saturday night. Deputy Katie Leasing was just 29 years old. Investigators say she was in the middle of an OWI stop when the man she'd stopped turned and shot her. She fired back but missed. Other officers later found the suspect out of what looks to be a self-inflicted wound. Deputy Leasing later dying at a local hospital. She had just started with the St. Croix County Sheriff's Office last year and before that had worked at a sheriff's office in South Dakota. The investigation continues. Looking at other headlines, Firefighters in Eau Claire say they were able to save a house and make sure no one was hurt in a garage fire over the weekend. It was on the city's west side Saturday night. An attached garage with a car onside was on fire. Firefighters were able to stop the fire from spreading to the house and then get the flames down. Everybody who was inside did make it out okay. Investigators now looking for a cause to that fire. Well, looking at the political stage, it seems there's a candidate shake up and we'll show you some different sides so you can decide. There's speculation about who may challenge U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin next year. Congressman Mark Pocan is a Democrat thinking uh, one of his Republican colleagues might face an uphill battle. I mean, Tom Tiffany
9: comes from the extreme MAGA wing of the Republican Party, which is not exactly passable among the Wow counties uh, and certainly not among independents or Democrats. So I just think there's an extremeness there that would be hard to sell.
10: And showing you different sides so you can decide on that side of the aisle Assembly Speaker Robin Voss says a successful candidate would need to expand the party's appeal
7: And if our candidate can be that kind of um, a Republican, I think they have a decent shot to be Tammy Baldwin If it is, you know, somebody in the Trump mode it'll be a heck of a lot harder.
10: Baldwin has announced she's running for a third term. So far no Republicans have thrown a hat in the ring. Around the meeting table here, city leaders in Eau Claire look to spend some of the last of that coronavirus money on a new homeless shelter as the city council will consider the plan to use 500 thousand dollars to buy a daytime shelter not far from eau claire's downtown the community haven house currently rents the building the city's plan would be to buy the house and then find a community partner to run the shelter and help manage things you can find more information online when you stop first at 715 newsroom.com and as our temps heat up maybe you're thinking about getting the super soakers out not in jersey the game is called assassin that living school high school students play each year for about two weeks some 200 students run around town shooting one another other with water guns some students hide behind cars others in backyards and it goes on day and night but local police say while it's an innocent game they don't want teens to be confused for criminals with someone getting hurt cops say some of the kids are using realistic looking water guns lisa g NBC news radio new jersey and time to put the squirt guns away and head back to the barn or you can always drink from the hose right Kristen smith Jill welke and your midwest farm report on wax 104.5
4: Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
3: And it's that time of the morning to check in with some morning markets. We're going to head over to the Equity El Tuna Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay and Jim. Catch us up. How'd the sale go and how many did you have?
8: Choice Beef Steers, Neffers, $1.35 to $1.68. Choice Dairy Cross Steers, Neffers, $1.35 to $1.65. High Yielding Choice and Prime Holstein Steers, $1.47 to $1.55. Choice Holstein Steers, $1.35 to $1.46. Select Underfinished Heavyweight Oversized Steers and Heifers, $1.34 and down. Top 20% of the cull cow cows sold from $93 to $1.09. We had a top of $1.11. 60% of the cows sold from 59 to 92 The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 58 and down. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, May 12th. All feeder sales are live on USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day.
3: You too, Jim. Thank you so much for that update. And now Jerry Fitzgerald from the Stratford Equity Barn joins us now. Good morning, Jerry.
11: Kristen, good morning to you, and uh, Jill is with you there this morning, so we uh, certainly want to congratulate her. Did she uh, walk in this morning with her cap and gown
3: on? Or? No, I am very disappointed. You yeah. are? Yes, I didn't see the cap and the gown, and I was thinking of like finding like some graduation music to play, and she didn't even bring me the boombox.
11: Well, you could find something, you know. <laughs> or, like, uh, well, this might not be too appropriate, but, uh, you know, last week was uh, Willie Nelson's birthday. You could play on the road again or something like that. You Ooh,
3: know, or, that would have been good.
11: Yeah, yeah, anyway. But anyway, I guess the uh, main topic, other than the uh, very busy marketing week, is, of course, is the weather. And a uh, lot of places got a lot of rain over the weekend, especially here. We got a lot of rain, but uh, heavier soils, uh, well, and like you alluded to, uh, lawn mowing and all the stuff we've been waiting for, but it's all going to come at once. But uh, not really too happy about uh, what you said before about possibility of rain today, but I was looking at the radar screen. Most of this is all in the southern part of the state, so maybe we'll luck out and have just a cloudy day or whatever anyway. yeah. Well, Well, anyway, we better... Yeah, we better get to business here this morning, Kristen. Thank you very much, and a very good morning to everyone. Uh, Very busy week here on tap here at Equity Stratford this week. Uh, Of course, we will get started uh, as we do every Monday morning with the uh, market auction. We start at 10 o'clock this morning. Overnight delivered cattle, of course, will be sold first, and uh, we'll sell market cows uh, this morning. We'll sell baby calves at 1130, and we'll finish up with the market cows and uh, fed cattle this afternoon. Again, cows continue to be strong last week with your higher-end cows, mostly from 92 up to a 109. And now Tuesday tomorrow, very busy day tomorrow. We start at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. Uh, we do already have hay on the consignment list for you folks. I believe these are yeah, large square bales for that uh, sale tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock. Uh, the big sale tomorrow, of course, will be the dairy auction, folks. Now, uh, uh, like I said, it's going to be pretty hard to get in the fields to do anything. A very good opportunity to buy some really good young cows tomorrow. We have a complete herd dispersal around 100 cows. These are power-free Stall Holstein cows, a complete herd dispersal. Uh, there are some high component Jersey cows also be on this offering. Uh, again, like I said, a lot of younger cows, a lot of first, second lactation cows. They're all stages of lactation, so whatever you're looking for, they're going to be in this herd. They're on DHIA tests. Over 24,000 pound herd average, a very low somatic cell count. Um, he, uh, The owner is going to keep back a few of the dry cows, but also will be selling three elite herd sire prospects. So, again, a very good operation. The owner is retiring. Those cows will be offered tomorrow at Equity Stratford at 11 o'clock. Hope to see folks there. Moving on to Wednesday, our Wednesday auction does start around 10 with the full marketing day on Wednesday, of course. Also this week on Wednesday will be our breeding Bull and bred beef cow sale that will be at twelve thirty on um, uh, Equity Stratford at twelve thirty starting time available on Cattle USA for that our Thursday auction does start at eleven o'clock and like I said markets are continuing to be very strong uh, like I reiterated on the market cows good strong market calves also last week bull calves to three forty five those beef calves crowding six hundred up to five seventy so. We're looking for a busy marketing week and another good, strong market this week. So, Kristen, that's what we have for the folks this morning, and we'll turn it back to you And back here tomorrow morning, and we'll tell the folks about how things are going on the market sale and the calves for today's auction. So you ladies enjoy the day, and, uh, well, I know, Kristen, you told me you're not in charge of mowing the lawn at your place, but uh, I'm sure it'll have to be done this week.
3: Oh, it actually needed to be done this weekend, but it was just too wet yet, so, yeah, it'll get done probably Tuesday or Wednesday or either that, or I'll have to borrow some cows from Jill and have them come out in my pet, in my yard and have them mow and my that, lawn.
11: That would be really interesting, dig your lawn all up. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, did we get some rainfall reports? I didn't. Uh, I'm, I had a, like uh, excess of two inches here at the house, so I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure there's other places that got more than that because there's some real downpours.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure, but we'll check into that.
11: Hey, you ladies, have a nice day, and thank you much. We'll talk to Bob tomorrow morning.
3: Sounds good. Have a great day. Great day. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn.
2: We're not that far from cutting first crop. Dan Undersander is with us on our next Royal Health Update program. And Dan, while we're getting into May now, a while ago, we had temperatures that were in the 80s. Then it dropped off. We had freezing temperatures. And of course, by that time, the snow was pretty much gone. Did that kind of fluctuation bother the alfalfa plants this time of the year, or should they be hardy enough to handle that?
12: Actually, the alfalfa plant is pretty resilient, and that's part of its uh, tremendous potential for farmers is its ability to adapt to or tolerate different kinds of weather conditions. Uh, Generally, this spring, we have had uh, cooler-than-average temperature And uh, that cool temperature actually tends to result in plants with more digestible fiber. That's why first cutting is oftentimes more digestible than second or third, which tend to grow under warmer conditions. But especially this year, as cool as we've been, I expect we're going to see good levels of digestible fiber. What happens is that the lignin isn't laid down as much when the temperature is cool. Now, as far as the three or four days of 80-degree weather we had, the uh, impact is going to be pretty insignificant. It obviously does affect the top growth. On the other hand, the soil was cool, and so we don't see, and at night it was cool, So we don't see as much impact on the plant. And again, it was only a three-day period. If it had lasted a week or 10 days, it would be a different story. So the short period of hot weather isn't going to have affected us. The cool weather that we have had is going to increase the fiber digestibility. And it may also affect flowering a little bit. So this is a year in particular when we're going to want to pay real close attention and either harvest by plant height, which should be 27 inches for dairy because the plant may bloom late, or by bud stage, whichever comes first. So do think about those things in order to uh, put up high-quality forage. And I expect if we harvest on time, we're going to have very good forage.
2: And I would think in another two or three weeks, uh, that first harvest will be taking place. Thanks, Dan. Dan Undersander, our State Forage Specialist, on our Next girl Alfalfa Update Program.
3: Thank you so much, Bob, for that update, along with Dr. Dan Undersander. And now let's take a look at our markets one last time, shall we? On the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your July corn up two on the overnight at five ninety eight. July oats up seven at three thirty six. July beans up six at fourteen forty three. July soybean meal was up a dollar ten at four twenty seven twenty a ton. July wheat up a nickel at six sixty-five. Country elevators in the area. We've got golden plump in Arcadia at five ninety-three for corn. Baldwins at five fifty seven and thirteen ninety four. Wheat and grain in Chippewa Falls and Connorsville. Both at 569 and 1406. Durand is at 557 and 1388. Mondovi and Elmwood are at 561 for corn, 1394 for beans. Fall Creek is at 547 and 1369. Osseo is at 574 and 1394. Northside and Loyals at 581 for corn, 1406 for beans. In Arcadia, they're at 587 and 1415. Elk Mount is at 567 and 1399. Sparta is at 578 and 1370. Ellsworth is at 547 for corn, 1369 for beans. Ethanol plants in the area, Boyceville's at 603, Stanley's at five hundred ninety nine, New Richmond's at five hundred ninety four. Switching to the dairy side, barrel cheese was down one and three quarter cent to a on Friday. Your blocks took a hit, were down five and a quarter cent to a and a quarter. Double A grade butter was up a quarter cent to half. And your class three futures for May down 11 at 1657. June down 7 at 1699. July down a penny at 1776. August down a penny at 1852. September down a penny at 1915. And then those markets were steady into 2024. And that's a look at your morning markets for Monday morning. We're at 54 degrees right now, looking at a few possible rain showers and some clouds today, high as 67. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and 74. Wednesday, mostly sunny and 78. Have a great Monday morning from us here at Wax, Kristen and Jill. Have a great day, and we will see you again soon.
4: You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chipola Falls and Kadak. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.